Celtic Stuff Live. With your hosts, Justin Poulin and John Dukes. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. Justin here, John's here, and we got through the All-Star break. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's over. Games will start. We're back. You know, Celtics will be back Friday night. Things are happening. It's good. No more break. Time to actually play basketball. Yes. You know, no yes. more of this other stuff. Yes. You know, Goodbye. let's just play ball. All-star break. It's good, though. Everybody gets a rest. I wish I was hanging out with Jalen Brown while he was resting. Sounds like he had a good time. Funny little quote from him, though. You know, from here on out, it's only ba- it's basketball only. I know he didn't mean it that way, but it's just so hilarious. You know, it kind of says, well, for the first two-thirds of the season – you know, I was kind of having some fun on the side and everything, but from here on out, I'm diligently into basketball. I know that's not what he meant, and I love right. Jalen, so you know I'm not throwing shade Jalen's way. Right, but I do, like, I do like what he really meant. What he really meant was it's time to knuckle down and make sure we're on top of our game. I guess the biggest thing that we really want to talk about from here until postseason is just can they get healthy because that's what he's getting at. We all got to get our chemistry together. Like Robert Williams is almost there. You know, the Clippers game showed a Gordon Hayward that's almost back to pre-hand injury. I didn't say ankle injury. I said pre-hand injury. He was on a roll, but he really took over that, you know, second overtime. We talked a little bit about that, but fantastic outing. So getting a little bit of rhythm. Uh, can Cantor stay 100%? Like, that's the biggest thing now. And We've talked about Tatum being number one, but then it came out in all the articles. Kemba's supporting him, like everybody writing about that over the All-Star uh, break, just that whole dynamic between the two and how he's such an unselfish star, which meaning Kemba Walker, which really tees up a second conversation, which we're not going to have until after we talk about the health part. But uh, speaking of, if we're combining health, and unselfish point guards, you know where this conversation is going to go when we're done with the health of the organization, right? So, I mean, do you think they can get healthy? And let me ask you this. Do you think they really need to get healthy? Like, do they need 20 games with everybody in the rotation for Brad to figure it out? Or do you kind of think that there's something to be said for them plugging and playing? Because when they hit the postseason, Brad's going to kind of tinker like that too. He'll tighten the rotation up. He'll play matchups. And – there will be people kind of plugging in and out of the rotation. Um, We've wanted the Hayward, Brown, and Tatum healthy in the starting lineup for a while, Um, and I think we're going to get that at this point. But outside of keeping those three guys healthy and working the wing position, do they really need everybody else to be 100% for every single game, given the fact that the rest of it's kind of a plug-and-play, you know, matchup kind of thing anyway? Well, that's that's a good question. I mean, I think you want to see players that haven't played a lot. I mean, I think about Robert Williams, and I and I want him to get, you know, I want him as a player just to kind of find his level, right? So, you know, if that means a little less Tice, a little less Canter, you know, I'm, I, I think that's an acceptable kind of, you know, way to kind of ease him in or, or work him back in. So I guess that's not really what you're asking, but... You know, I don't think I think you, I don't think you're I think you're right. I don't think you need everybody, 
But I think you need to have those core four guys, or at least your best five guys playing together, uh, a consistent period of time, you know, as we go through these last 17, 18 games and, and taking that period of time to really hone in on those guys that are sharing the court in crunch time, because we really haven't had a lot of enough of those opportunities of those, at least those four best players, but, but really the five best players sharing the court and trying to do something. I still want to see that best five team work, but it seems like that's just not something that's in the cards or hasn't been. They've got 17 games to figure out if it can be, I guess, you know, is it a lineup that works? Because it feels like the Houston game was a good example of one where they weren't able to uh, effectively play against a team that went small, basically that, you know, used their move and, and did so against them. And, and Houston did it better than Boston could. Uh, so can they become more efficient, more effective with that group? I guess that's kind of what I want to see. I don't know that they need to have Cantor in every game. I don't know that they need to have Brad Wanamaker in every game. But I think particularly those starters, no doubt, absolutely need those guys. Yeah, but then the question is, who is the starters? Is it definitely Tice? Is it going to be Tice in every series through the postseason? I mean, I hear you, but when you say the starters, and I know he's had an, he's played very well, and, and I know he's – Jeff Clark wrote a really cool little comparison with Kendrick Perkins. Totally different style of player, totally different era of play. And Kendrick was kind of on the way out from the old way of having that traditional – sort of, you know, thug center, you know, somebody who can play the defense, do the dirty work. But but the role itself being, you know, the non-limelight guy, the guy that's going to get, you know, the things that need to happen away from the ball done. And so um, I thought I thought that was a, a neat – it really was a neat comparison. But, again, do I think he's going to have the, the call most nights? Yeah. But there's a whole underlying thing – going on with all the articles about Robert Williams that says that they had hoped that he would have been healthy and that they almost had him earmarked for being a potentially a starter, maybe not a game finisher, but a potential starter by the time they hit the postseason. It, it, there's, there's a lot of undertones of that, and uh, I don't think he's had enough health that that's going to be what will happen. Um, so, But I could see where against certain matchups – it wouldn't be bad to have him out there in the postseason. It just won't be at the end of games because he's not going to be consistent enough defensively. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. And I and I don't, you know, I think Grant Williams needs a spot in, in the rotation. He needs to have opportunities. I think. Uh, Played Romeo, well lately. Yeah. Really I, well lately. I, I think Romeo Langford needs opportunities. I think that, uh, you know, Wanamaker has earned a spot. I think Ojale has done well. I think Cantor has, has been better than than not um but to me like you for this team to see the growth to see the next level a lot of it goes back to you know what can they get out of robert williams the guy on the rookie deal who's who they have under control for as long as they want to pay him really that's a that's a really important you know component here and uh you know i think that that's uh something that um, shouldn't be taken lightly in, in, as they kind of are trying to build towards this year and beyond. Uh, see what they have here with him. Because if he is, um, you know, uh, Capella at, you know, basically a tenth of the price, 
Well, that's that's a, that's a pretty important piece of the puzzle to have. And then, you know, you're really how you augment yourself moving forward is important. And particularly as you're looking at these series coming up, it's it's going as you said, it's mix and match. It's what works what works against you know, uh, you know, Milwaukee may not work against Philly, which may not work against, you know, Indiana, which may not work against, you know, Miami. So, it's not I don't think it's oh, we've got our guy and this is what we're rolling with. I think it's going to be what the situation dictates. And that's how Brad's going to call it. But he needs to have as many options available to him as possible. Um, So I think Rob Williams is important. I think it's more important that Tatum, Brown, Hayward, and Kemba are are locked in. And Smart had Smart in that mix as well. I think those five need to be uh, solid. And I think they have been more often than not. But the injuries, you what know, about giving them rest, though, tough. you know, that's the other thing. So we're talking. So we want to prevent the injuries, but we're talking about the importance of them being on the floor. So how do you give them rest? Do you think they'll give them nights off or do you think if they have them all healthy, they'll just keep their minutes way down? Because you just talked about all these guys on the bench mm-hmm. that kind of need some time. Romeo Langford being one. If those guys are all healthy, you'd love it if they staked themselves to a nice big lead and worked all those guys into the rotation. Right now, the Celtics got the third seed in the Eastern Conference. Toronto finally lost a game, thank goodness, uh, breaking a pretty insane streak. Is the win-loss at this point super critical? Because, or is health, right? Like, if it's the difference between the third and the fourth seed, to be able to give guys nights off and everything else and then preparation for the postseason or just reducing their minutes. Like, how do you, how do you think Brad's going to balance all that? Because that's the big, that's the biggest thing to me. Big minutes means potential for injuries. They've had a lot of fluky ones. So minutes may not even have been factored into that, but heading into the grueling postseason and having all these guys with the end of the bench, you know, or later in the bench, younger guys needing minutes. How how do you navigate all that and still develop this chemistry that you're talking about them needing for the postseason? Yeah, yeah, but remember, you've also have so many players who have missed time. I mean, you've got uh, you know Jalen Brown's missed ten games, Gordon Hayward's missed uh, seventeen games, uh, Kemba's already missed eight games and is going to miss Friday night. Uh, you know, Smart's missed uh, eleven games. You know, their core players, Tatum's missed four games. You know, he's missed the least out of any of their what I'd consider core players. Uh, you know, four games, that's 10% of the season almost that he's missed. So I don't feel like, you know, obviously with load management being what it is, 10% is probably not enough. But there's How been so much that they, schedule? they've is missed out on. Out? I, well, I, I don't Remember, know because it was kind of it was crazy to start the year, but then they had these like weird gappy stretches, and I don't know if it's leveled out that. You know what I mean? I, I I can't remember. They have so in the month of March they have um, three back to backs. They have one back to back before the end of this month. Uh, they do a Portland Utah back to back. So there's three back to backs uh, in March. And how many road uh, trips? Uh, I'd have to look and like you know, I, obviously don't they usually, have, don't they usually <laughs> get the Texas slash West Coast final swing. It's all spread up. So the, so they have the the West Coast trip is the post All Star, 
you know, here we are with four games right off right, right so of the bat. Right, right before be really March. tough. It's not, yeah, it's not going to be March. It's going to be right before March. And, and then and then after that, there's a there's a pretty challenging stretch here at the beginning of March where they go at home Utah OKC, then they go on the road for Indiana and Milwaukee, which is that's a pretty tough week. Um, you know, it's uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's six games in ten days. Uh, excuse me, well, seven games in 11 days because it's a back-to-back Milwaukee that's, walk. That's coming right up, you said? That's the start of – it's starting on the 3rd of March. So that's a, that's a pretty All right, challenge. so it's right after I go to the Houston game. Cause exactly. I, I get to – me and the – my daughters are going to their first NBA game, their first Celtics game. Uh, the wife's coming. My parents are coming. My son's coming. It's going to be a ton of fun. The last game we went to uh, was my parents and my son and I. And it, if you remember the Super Bowl Sunday where the Pats lost to Philly, ironically, and I now live down in Pennsylvania. So that was an interesting night. But earlier that afternoon, Horford hit a fadeaway to beat the Portland Trailblazers, and Terry Rozier had one heck of a game before relinquishing his role and becoming perturbed last year. Uh, but I didn't have to watch Kyrie that night or that afternoon. But it was a heck of a game. It was a, it was very entertaining. So we're looking forward to going back. Um, I'm gonna try to do this a little bit more regularly. But now now we bring the girls. We can see if they'll really indoctrinate themselves into the Celtics family tradition. You know, um, I think you know what's gonna help the most. My mom. Really? Yeah, they need a matriarch who loves basketball to really. You know, like my daughter played basketball, I coached her team, but the enthusiasm and the passion for the Celtics and just the whole experience, like I need them to get really carried away with this. And my mom totally gets carried away. She loves it. And and even that Portland game is the first time she'd ever seen the Celtics in person. Um, So I'm talking about the ladies, my friend. I'm talking about getting them on board and, you know, maybe I won't be watching the games all by myself at home anymore. That would be that would be nice. That would truly be a, a big and and you know that Houston. There's I think a little bit of some I don't want to say bad blood, but that's a revenge game after. I think yeah. I think so. And they like, always have had that. Remember the comeback game? Like maybe it was that same season before Kyrie yeah. went down. There's you were at that game, right? I was there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. so. Right. Yeah. So uh, it will be a pool and a palooza, a pool and lose. That we've that we've both gone to the Houston palooza. games. They're good games. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with that one. That was just. That was fun. That was fun. That was, yeah, that's tough to beat. But, hey, I think think that that Houston game is going to be a good one. So, Um, but they've got a tough road trip. I mean, this Lakers, Portland, Utah is really, that's that's tough. You know, Minnesota, too, uh, because you'll have D'Angelo Russell there. So they've got those four games beforehand. Luckily, they have a a couple days off before that Houston game, which will be nice. Get a little bit of rest um, for the Houston game. Then they got two days off after that. So they should be able to go, you know, ball to the wall on that one. Fingers um, crossed. Fingers that, crossed. That could be the, the return of, of uh, Rob Williams that night because they said he should be back the around. Houston game? Yeah, around, sun, around the first. Sweet. So you may get the Time Lord there, which would be pretty, pretty nice to see. I, I would absolutely love that. All right. Yeah. Reminder to everybody, follow us on the stuff live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. 
You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media, Facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. And YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews and the Garden Report. And also, everybody, sports in the spotlight once again as the NBA season is heating up. College basketball has the drive on to the March Madness and the Wilder versus Fury 2 fight is shaping up to be a great one. You can find all the odds and information with our exclusive sportsbook partner, Bet Online. For over 20 years, Bet Online has been providing customers with the first to market odds and giving you the ability to bet anytime anywhere head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code clns50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit and have a little fun with some betting action today bet online your online sportsbook experts and john so i teased it that we're going to talk about you know uns well point guards and unselfish or selfish nature and staying healthy, but we're also going to talk about culture first. We're going to talk about an attitude in Boston. We're going to talk about a player who absolutely set a tone, who's having his number retired, who is also about to, um, about to have a showtime. Have you watched the trailer? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Wow! He is when he is talking about his tryout. You know, I just, dude, I'm sorry, and I know I tweeted it. I'm not rational. You know, you. I was talking to an old friend, Jack Jemsek or Match Vegas Bob. You may all remember him for covering uh, the team for Celtics Blog right around 2008, 2010, that kind of range. And uh, he and I started on the message boards long before the podcast even started. Good old friend. And I was telling him about this, and I was saying, you know, there are so many Celtics that are more deserving of my favoritism who spent their entire careers in Boston. It's And I, it's not rational. I can't help it. KG is my fave. I just absolutely love the guy. I love how he embraced the city when he came. And I have a couple of friends and I got a KG story this weekend that I want to tell you about. Oh. So I'm I'm filming kind of this budding TV show for my my medical podcast. And we're kind of doing a bunch of stuff. And the film crew happens to be from Minnesota. And even more so, one it's a it's a pair of brothers, great guys, and one of them goes to church with Flip Saunders, and his best friend goes to church there, who his who is the chaplain for the T-Wills. So he did not get this story firsthand, and I believe the story came from Sam Cassell. He didn't get the story firsthand, but reputable source, second degree removed. So I don't even care if the story is true or not. I just love KG. I'm going to tell the story because it's hilarious. So the story goes like this. He's in Minnesota, and they wind up going out on a West Coast trip, and uh, I believe they're in Golden State. And while they're out there, Barry Bonds invites KG and Sam Cassell over for dinner. So KG goes over for dinner. They show up. Barry Bonds is giving them a tour of his awesome pad. And uh, he brings them to, to this one area. And he's like, 
this is my court. You know, and he's talking to KG, and they haven't even had dinner yet. And he's like, this is my court. You know, I haven't lost on my home court. And then all of a sudden, Barry Bonds grabs the ball, slams it out into KG's chest, and is like, you know, you're up, ball out. Oh, jeez. And KG's like, nah, man, nah, man. He he kicks the ball back. Barry Bonds takes the ball, slams it back to him in the chest. Oh, wow. So this goes on like five times. And finally, uh-huh. KG's like, all right, you want it. You know, and and Bonds is competitive. You know what I mean? And I mean, this isn't a joke. This isn't, you know what I mean? Like, so KG trashes him. Now, keep in mind, KG's there with his kids. Barry's kids are like standing on the side of the court. They're actually crying because their dad just got trounced. And and KG's like, oh, you know, finish up. And Bonds is kind of sore. And KG looks over at Sam Cassell and it's like, we're out. We're leaving. He didn't even stay for dinner. Wow. He, and, and you know, they're like kind of trash talking a little bit. And then he goes, he, he's like, as he's leaving, he, he's walking by Bonds' kids who are crying. And he looks back at Barry and he's like, you see this? You see this? You did this. You did this. <laughs> oh, my God. And then they leave. I don't wow. even know the true story, but it's so KG. I believe it. Right? It's Doesn't a big that, character. Totally. Ah, dude. What a, I, so anyway, it's a story I heard. You can take it for what it's worth. Wow. Uh, but I believe, you know, these guys are reputable guys that I'm working with. And what a great KG story. So anyway, that that Showtime trailer has me so jacked. And I still haven't been able to see the Adam Sandler flick yet. So I've got some serious viewing coming up here in the next couple of months. So the reason I bring that up is it's a total contrast to this particular player that we've had experience with who apparently can't stay healthy because Kyrie Irving totally shall not be named for surgery. Yep. Mm. Mm. I, is it bad that I have a, like, like I feel like a horrible human being that I'm taking joy in this. I don't think he's that hurt. You know, like I think it's I think it's totally him he's bailing on the season. I mean, that's what I think it is. I think he's it's good at that. He's good at bailing. I mean, right. that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of where it is. I think it's I don't even think it's I mean, supposedly this is a degenerative thing and you know, it's it's an issue moving forward for him. You know, he's got a bad knee, he's got a bad shoulder. Aren't you glad we didn't yeah. resign him now? If you'll have me, no. No, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's just kind of ironic that he and, and Horford and and you could really somewhat say uh, Mook, you know, and they all moved on, and yet <laughs> it's far better here, and, and they're all worse off further down the standings. Right. Like you can, you know, we can all pile on Kyrie and whatever, but Horford was a great attitude here. Right. And left well, but now he's sitting on the bench and, you know, should have thought about that, you know, should have looked at, I mean, look, it's horrible because he got the money, but he's not going to get the playing time. And he's in a weird culture. You could have seen that coming though. I think we see that, saw that coming, you know, I mean, yeah, it looks bad to, you know, oh, well, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're so talented, but how the heck was that ever going to work? I just, I never understood it. 
I never saw it. I never saw the fit there. Talent, yes, but it, you know, unless it's 1985, that doesn't work. Simmons, Horford, and B doesn't work. I mean, it, it's well, and he doesn't awful. seem happy there. He definitely does not seem happy, and Regret, that's the part, that's the part that's sad. You know what I mean? For just such a consummate pro well, and everything else, like I, I, I'm. I get it. It's his own doing, you know. Yeah. And the Celtics were maybe slow to to let him know that they were working it out. Um, maybe they didn't want to keep him, <laughs> you know. And I'm not I'm not saying that you don't want the talent this year, but maybe when they realized it was going to be a three year deal or a four year deal, you know, it just wasn't worth it to them, and I, so they slow played it. I don't know. Now maybe it's true, maybe it's not true, but it seems like. Uh, there's more that's come out that Boston was not willing to go above 90 to, to retain him. And once it got yeah, above Did they 90, have it more incentive laden? I feel like he had yes. incentives to go up, but it wasn't going to be a baseline comp. Right. But if it's, but once they went above 90, they're like, nah, peace out, Girl Scout. And I think that, I, you know, I think that was wise because. You know, but that's yeah, still can, thirty million a year, right? The ninety. Sure. I mean, yeah. that's that's still you know. I don't think you could pay thirty million a year for more than three years. I mean, I see why they took that stance, and it's not like it was a bad offer. Like he yeah. certainly shouldn't have been insulted. It, he would have been. You know, there's there's a lot of this that it, it's about your situation. It's about how you're fitting in. It's what you know. There's so much that's broken there. With that team, no one looks good in that situation, you know. Um, you know, so you know, you fast forward now to you know wherever we are now, where he's on the bench, and yeah, it looks terrible. But if you were to pluck him off that team and put him on this team and give him Tice's minutes, I guarantee guarantee you we're not having the same conversation by Al Horford, you know. But it's where he is, and he chose to go, he chose to leave, just like Ray Allen chose to leave, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, I did that. That's right. I just said that. <laughs> All right. You want to predict the week ahead? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to pull up my app because I don't have the games memorized. Well, there's. I don't know when we're going to go again to record, but Minnesota on Friday, which is today. Uh, Lakers on Sunday, 3.30 game at Staples Center. Let's go through the Trailblazers game. And then, yeah, the Trailblazers and then Utah. So I think there's a chance we record before that, but I'll actually be in Boston late. I'm flying in late Tuesday night. So, but the Jazz, but they're both at 10 o'clock. And they're back so, to backs. So that so the, might be tough. There's, we'll a chan- there's a chance we'll record on Wednesday, but before the Jazz game and then will be a little stale the next morning. You know what I mean? Like bread that sat out for three days. How about this? Let's go through all four games. Let's go through the whole road trip. And then if we record early, we record early. How about that? I like it. I like it. All right. So we got Minnesota, Lakers, Portland, and then the second half of back-to-back in Utah. What say you, Justin Poulin? Uh, Win-loss, win-win. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, Lakers are going to win at home. I mean, especially after the outcome of the first matchup. Uh, 
you know, it's just the way. I, I mean, would be awesome with a healthy team spreading the floor, kick. But I just, I think there's going to be a physical dominance gone on that night, and I think it's going to be really tough, even with the ex, you know, the day off and, you know, the back to back with the Trailblazers and Jazz. I'm not, I'm not really worried about the the Blazers. I, I'm actually a little worried about the Jazz, to be honest with you, especially on sure. the second night of a back to back on a long road trip. Sure. But I just, I'm taking Jalen Brown's words to heart. I feel like there's going to be a little extra effort on this trip. And uh, they are coming off, you know, some time off, you know, good amount of rest. So if you're going to weather, you know, a road trip, you know, four games of the back-to-back at the end, this is the time of year under these circumstances when you do it. So I'm going win-loss, win-win. Betaline.ag. So, there you go. Right. Take our take our bets and don't use our, your own money on them. Uh, I'm going to go... Win. You didn't win. even make a bet. So when you said that, you took a shot against my 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 predictions. What? Yeah, no, I, I have to <laughs> offer my picks, so they're coming. Just you know, okay. But I'm just saying, don't pay much attention to them. That's all. Anyway, all right, I like the win-win though. You think they're gonna take two against the Lakes? I'm saying they're gonna, yeah. I'm saying they're gonna sweep the Lakers, the series and series of the Lakers. They're gonna beat the Wolves. They're going to beat the Trailblazers because last year they had kind of a, a bug game. You're going to go 4 and 0. You're going to do your 4 and 0 thing. And then they're going to lose in Utah. No, because they there's no way back to back. Utah is like freaking they're crazy, and uh, and they've played so well since you know that really the second half of the year or so. Um, you know and that night. Let's see. They don't, yeah, they're, they have a day off before. So, you know, you're playing in the altitude, you're playing in Utah, a team is playing well. I still think they give Gobert Utah's a hard five time. and five in their last 10. Yeah, but they've also been, I mean, they were, they were out of the playoffs, uh, in December. So they've, they've, they've risen, but, uh, and Conley's played well of late too. So that's going to help them. I, I just, I think that that's a, I don't like that's a schedule loss. Yeah, me. good team at the end of a back to back. I see it. Yeah. However, however, I also agree with you. Like if the Lakers game is a win, it takes a lot out of them and they don't have enough to do Utah. Yeah. I, I kind of see the Lakers game not as a letdown, like not that they won't play hard. I think they'll play hard, but I I I think it could end up being so brutal that you know, it doesn't wind up taking that much out of them because they might they might go to the bench a lot earlier in that game. The other thing I'd mention about the Laker game on Sunday is that the Kobe Memorial is the day after that. So I could see that being a real emotionally fraught game uh, for both teams, possibly. I and mean, we certainly Celtics are changing their um, travel schedule around that. So I think they're actually traveling that night of the the um the event. yeah yeah and then they're going into portland that night you know late so um that may give even more reason to be concerned about that portland game uh but i, I think there's gonna be a lot of emotional weird stuff um that's gonna be hard to 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 gauge i suppose for the laker game 
But, uh, you know, let's let's hope that they uh, are able to kind of keep their eyes on the prize here, because, as you said, there's been a lot of talk as they've all kind of come back from the play from the uh, the all star break and being like, hey, I think we can do this. And there's a lot of confidence, and a lot of good feelings around the team. Uh, it's very easy to just simply talk and, and not you know, do it with actions. So this is, this is a good opportunity here, this stretch here on the road of four games. And then here early, uh, in, um, in March when they start to go on the road, uh, against some Eastern conference teams, which will be a, a real battle. You know, look, they're only game back at Toronto for a second. And, and I think that's really the goal here. After 15 wins in a row, that's pretty good. Yeah. And if you, if they can keep their eyes on that, a game and a half back with 17 to go, uh, or wait, uh, 18 to go. Uh, that's that's a good place to be. So you know they've got another game with Toronto coming up, and uh, that there's there's opportunity there to catch them. I really do believe that. And so we'll just they got to keep it rolling, baby. Rolling, rolling, rolling. All right, this broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Rawhide. At CSL underscore Justin. At CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and review because your feedback is important to show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Bombadida, bombadida, bombadida. Rawhide. Bombadida, 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 the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy trails to the bum 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 bum